0: Hi there, welcome to OT's Get Paid, the podcast for OT entrepreneurs, where we learn about everything you need to know to move from thinking like a therapist, to acting like a CEO and making good money along the way. Are you curious how to continue to be true to your mission of helping others as an OT and get paid what you're worth? Do you wanna know the best tips that add zeros to your bank account? Do you wonder how other OTs do it too? I'm your host, Trish Williams, a Canadian, a mom, a not-so-closet choir nerd, an occupational therapist of over 26 years. I spent most of those years loving my profession, but secretly wishing I could get paid a lot more. Did I feel like I had an important job that had great impact on my clients and society? Check. Did I also wish I could feel validation in that work through getting paid enough to feel financial freedom? Check, check. So finally in my 40s, as a single mom who needed to get real with my income, I built two six-figure businesses, including my latest as an OT entrepreneur coach at Trish Williams Consulting. And through this, I heard the secret chain that others felt the same way too. So I'm raising my voice and raising my profile of this issue and probably raising my prices. I'm here to talk about OT's making money. So let's do like Scrooge McDuck and dive into those giant piles of gold coins and get swimming and start this episode. Hi there. Hi OT entrepreneurs. Thank you so much for tuning in to the very first episode of the OT's Get Paid podcast. Yay! I'm excited to get this project off the ground and into your ears and help OT entrepreneurs grow and scale their businesses. Now, at OT's Get Paid, we know that occupational therapists have extensive education, add true transformations to their clients' lives, and still struggle to get paid their worth and to talk about it, quite frankly. So we created a podcast to give OT entrepreneurs a place to learn the strategies it takes to grow their role and their business to bring take-home pay to add to their financial stability and one that's worthy of their skills. I wanted to start this podcast because I had a vision, and I hope that you, the listener, share in that vision with me. The OTs Get Paid vision is to challenge, inspire, and provide the tools to help OTs get paid their worth without guilt. I'm going to add the without guilt because I think that's a really important piece. So how about a little bit about me in today's episode? I'm going to give you a bit of an introduction of who I am, why I'm doing this, and, you know, just for you to be able to understand a little bit of the oomph behind the microphone. I am an occupational therapist that graduated in 1994. I am a Canadian. I was born and raised in Toronto, Ontario, which is still one of my favorite cities in the world. I went to undergrad at the University of Western Ontario, now called Western University. You know you're old when they've changed the name of your university. (laughs) And my parents were very reasonable people and provided me with the basics for an undergraduate education and also expected me to bring money to that endeavor in any form of spending. So I had a summer job one summer. It was the first summer that I was not away at camp as a counselor. And it was the first summer that I was in the city of Toronto working. And boy, did I have a lot of fun. Different than camp fun. (laughs) And having that kind of fun in the city with your friends has you spending a lot of money. I'll never forget. It was around the middle of August when my parents had watched me coming and going all summer. And they said, how are, how's your savings? How are things looking for school in September? And I said, oh, well, I don't have it. And I said, you guys won't mind lending me some money, will you? Now, the reason this is funny is because I've had had, had a job since I was 13 years old I'd started out as a swim instructor, a babysitter. I started my own summer camp in my backyard. I've just always enjoyed the feeling of accomplishment that I get from working, bringing my ideas to the forefront, and getting paid for it. You could say I was an early entrepreneur without even knowing it. So my parents shrugged their shoulders and said, no, we will not be giving you any money. I guess you'll have to find a job at school. I am very grateful that my parents held that boundary. I still laugh to think that they would have ever not, but you know, youth, I was 19 years old and I have no idea why I thought they would budge. So off I go to London, Ontario, to Western Ontario University a few weeks early, maybe a week or two early to find a job. And there on the job board, because that's how old I am, people, we had job boards with like, does everybody remember the? cards, the index cards with the push pins in them, in the career counselor office, and I stood outside that hall and I looked for a job. Now, I was returning to my second year at the University of Western Ontario taking a phys ed degree. Now this degree is called kinesiology, but back then it was called phys ed. And back then it was not a degree that your parents or your neighbors were proud of. Let me just tell you that. It was not sexy. There was not a lineup of people trying to get into phys ed. I wish my parents were still around right now so that I could specifically look at my father and say, Dad, I'm actually like, I was like ahead of my time. Now it's like hot. But back then, parents and neighbors were very dismissive. I remember one neighbor saying, Well, what are you going to be a gym teacher? And my father was very upset that I was getting a credit for taking a canoe trip. <laughs> you know, now that I pay for <laughs> undergraduate education for my own children, I can see where he was coming from. So I returned to my second year in phys ed at the University of Western Ontario with a history of lifeguarding and teaching swimming behind me. I did this for years and years. So I found a job posting that asked for somebody to have a course in adapted aquatics, as it was known back then. And I had done that because I had done pretty much every swimming course you could take. And this was at a place called the Skatcher Children's Center in London, Ontario. Unbeknownst to me, it was with an occupational therapist. They needed help with their hydrotherapy. So I show up and I get the job. The first day of work, I am in a cl- Hey, it's Trish. Now that I've got your attention, I wanted to tell you about something that we are really excited about here at OTs Get Paid. This month, we are kicking off our formal systemic organized, planned, woohoo, referral program. With every referral of somebody that you bring to us that purchases one of our two signature programs, Road to 100K and 100K Club, we give you money. We're leaning into it. We're leaning into our brand and we're going to get you paid. At this point, we are offering $400 for people who refer someone who enrolls in our 100K Club mastermind and $250 for somebody that enrolls in our road to 100k program. But we're not stopping there. Your referred member will also get access to a bonus Q&A Zoom call every month that we're doing just for new referred members with our coaches. It's going to be Q&A ask the coach anything. How are you going to do this? The best way to do this is to connect with us via email or through DMs. We're keeping it really simple for right now, and we're saying, hey, here's their deets. Do you want us to call them? Are they gonna get in touch with us? And as long as you mention each other, we will connect you and let our system wheels spin and they will get their bonuses and you will get yours. And I wanna remind you, we are a company with a mission. It is to bring more wealth to more female OT entrepreneurs because we know what women do with money. They use it to better their families and they use it to better their communities. So for every dollar that we generate here at OTs Get Paid every year, we give away 1% of our gross income to dress for success, which is a charity, an organization that's dedicated to empowering women towards financial independence. I hate to use the term win-win-win. Somebody has a better one. Please let me know. But we don't want you to keep those benefits to yourself anymore. We want your referral partner to win. We want you to win. And of course, we have a social agenda here at OTs Get Paid. Classroom setting with therapists on wheelie stools sitting behind children who are learning shapes on black paper with white chalk. And I said to the therapist, what are you doing? And she said, oh, well, we're using this for visual discrimination and for figure ground. And I was like, I don't have a clue what that looks, what that is. So. Fast forward to what I'm supposed to be doing, which is in a bathing suit, getting children with cerebral palsy into the hot tub where the OT is going to be doing hydrotherapy range of motion activities. And at the end, I am in heaven. I'm loving this. And at the end of my first day, I look at her and I say, what exactly do you do? And she said, I'm an occupational therapist. And that was it for me. I wrote away to all the schools that had OT in Canada because we didn't have the internet back then. And I chose McMaster University because in my opinion, it was the best. It was pioneering and it was mostly based on interview and essay entrance. And it was the top school in this country and that's where I was going. And so I remember the folder was blue. I put it on my cork board above my desk and the next two years were to achieve the goal of to get into McMaster University. I was lucky enough to get in after undergrad, and I worked for a year, and so I was one of the very youngest to start in the class of 94. It was a second degree program, so it's a BHSC, and yet you needed a degree to get in. This shaped who I am today. When you are a problem-based university that is self-directed learning and is the pioneer of small group learning and tutorials, you don't need top grades. You needed. I think a B at that point. And then you needed essays and multiple interviews. I think we had two group interviews and with a wide variety of people with different backgrounds. I think I was one of the very few people that had a phys ed degree. My roommate had a poli sci degree. There was geography, there was psych, there was somebody with a music degree. They also had spaces for people that came from Northern Canada. So, quite a number of people who had lived very different rural experiences to my Toronto upbringing. And everybody fit because of the extensive interview process and the dedication to problem based and self directed learning. And I have Never felt as comfortable as I have in my life at McMaster University. I will say to this day it's one of the most impactful experiences of my life. I fit in there. I found my people there, and that has never left me. We are still a very, very, very close class. We in fact, Sunday we have um a get- together. We've been getting together very frequently through Zoom over the pandemic, but we've had reunions. Christmas brunches every year. We've had reunions every five years. At our last 25th reunion, at a class of 30, I think 26 showed up from all over the world. So talk about when you can find your people. And then I launched my OT career in 1994 in the United States. And I spent time working in a variety of settings there and then returning to Canada back to Toronto. I had pretty typical clinical roles at that time. And very quickly was starting to feel like maybe OT wasn't my jam. When I returned to Canada in 2001, I had a son and a newborn son, and I called up a master university and said, I'm back. I don't want to jump into a clinical job. Is there a job there for me? And they quickly brought me in on teaching staff, which was a dream come true. These clinicians, these therapists, uh, these educators who had been my, you know, role models for the last 10 years and certainly huge starry eyes that I had for the staff that taught me, the faculty that taught me were now my quote-unquote colleagues, and I could never really wrap my head around that. And I did some teaching there and also mainly stayed home with my children. I will also say that there was a time there where people did not know I was an OT. I'll tell the story briefly that those of you in the OT profession who are familiar with Judith Friedland, she is a PhD and expert in the history of occupational therapy. She was either the dean or is still the dean at the University of Toronto, as I recall, in the occupational therapy program there, occupational science. I think they call it occupational and science there. And unbeknownst to me, her son lived across the street. They invited me to a Seder one day and I came and I, you know, met people in the hall. And I remember her son, Tom, one day said to me, you know, I see you with your little kids, but I don't really know, like, what did you do outside of this before you were a stay-at-home mom? And I just kept seeing you in the playground. And I said, I'm a physio. And I It was probably 2004, 2005, and I was not embracing my inner OT. I loved my work at McMaster. It was very on the side. I taught like one course, one term, and was a hands-on full-time stay-at-home parent. Nobody really knew that I had an OT degree, and I still felt like I did in the early 90s that nobody knew what OT was. So Tom Friedland looks at me and says, oh, my mother's an OT. And I think, oh my goodness, no. She's in the living room. Why don't you come and meet my mom? She's at the University of Toronto. And I'm dying a thousand deaths because I have lied. <laughs> because I did not want to get into what is OT at a Seder with my neighbors. And that just shows you how far one can come. So of course, I had to fest to Judith Friedland when I meet her. And I put, she's, Tom says, oh, Trish is an OT or Trish is a physio. We call them physios in Canada. And Trish is a physical therapist and I was like, oh my goodness, no. So of course I had to tell Judy Freeland, I was like not physio, I'm an OT. And she just kind of gave me this look and I said, I promise I'll never do it again. But it took me still a long time to fall in love with OT the same way that I had fell in love with it in school. Fast forward to 2012 when I was asked to join the founding faculty at the University of Alberta, open up a satellite campus in Calgary. For those of you in the know, the University of Alberta is one of the top universities in Canada. It's very academic and scholastically and PhD based. They have the oldest department of occupational therapy in the country, and it is in Edmonton. And I live in a city called Calgary, which is two hours south. And they wanted to open a Calgary campus. They had done some... Crunching of numbers and realized that there was a availability in the marketplace. And rather than start a brand new school and the next province over, which is Saskatchewan, and give it to the give some funding to the University of Saskatchewan, the Canadian government wanted to try a satellite program, which is cheaper to open. And so there were five of us who were asked to start that program. And once again, I found myself in a very non-traditional role. I would like to highlight that when they called, I had to laugh and say to the dean, you know, I don't even have an OT license right now. And I'm icing my daughter's birthday cake. Like I truly was not <laughs> in any way, shape or form at an OT. And in fact, moving to Calgary, I'm not even sure I told people I was an OT. I said, I don't have a license. Do I have to rewrite the exams? It was my first question. They liked my experience at McMaster. They knew McMaster stood for, you know, something very non-traditional and out of the box. And they wanted that brain to help them build this new satellite program. So I did. And again, I felt like I had found some people. Melissa LePointe very well and aptly calls it OT's going rogue, OT's gone rogue in her podcast and her group on Facebook. And I felt like I've always been more comfortable in the non-traditional sense. And I really did start to fall back in love with occupational therapy. Fast forward to deciding to jump back into a clinical job. And spending a year in that clinical job in a really awkward place where I was significantly older than everybody, I was in my early 40s. I would say the average person that worked there was late 20s, 30. I had children who were much older. I needed, you know, to write I needed to write permission slips at Ren for Educational Services where I was working a clinical job to go to teach at the University of Alberta. I needed to write permission slips to my boss who was younger than me to go to my son's science fair. And I had no problem being surrounded by people who were younger than me, I loved it. I strictly felt like a fish out of water and that somehow this parenting clinician thing wasn't working. I also had really fresh eyes because I'd been out of the profession for so long and I was also a parent and this was a pediatrics job. And so I really saw things through a very different lens. And again, while I loved my experience there and thought everybody there was phenomenal, I kept thinking, there's got to be a better way. Mm, I think there could be a better way to do that. So at the end of that year, I went to my bosses there and I said, listen, I'm going to try to open a private practice. If it doesn't work, could you please, have I done a good enough job that I could come back? And they said, indeed. And here's a few kids that you can start seeing. So I started Spring Occupational Therapy, a bricks and mortar clinic in Calgary, Alberta, and really built that business for five years plus. As a real silopreneur, as I like to say, somebody that was just in their bubble with no business resources, no ability to know what I should be paying myself, no idea of how to grow other than taking a step by step every day and using a lot of intuition. I built a clinical space that I wanted to build, I built programs that I wanted to build, I built you know, a job environment for people that wanted to come to all through a OT lens of am I giving good service and would people be happy to come as clients and come as staff? At no point did I ever think through a CEO lens. And that got me really, really far with no business experience. Anytime I would try to read a business book or talk to somebody at a party about business, I just felt like it wasn't a fit and I didn't understand what they were saying. And it Felt like I was so far behind the eight ball that it wasn't even really worth trying, and then I would kind of run away. I remember one time my bookkeeper trying to explain a balance sheet to me, and I think I burst into tears. I was like, "Nope, I forget it. I just don't know. I'll just keep doing what I do well, which is the clinical work." So I tell this story over and over again because I think it's really good to know that I hit a wall in the spring of. I should get my dates right. I'm going to say 2017. 2018, where I got the flu and I was gone for at least a month. And at that time, we had a team of about five or six people. I had expanded into a new, bigger space. I had a clinic manager and the place kept going. Thank goodness. It didn't fall apart, but we didn't grow the same way that we had grown every year, which made me think, hmm, I think it is too much the Trish show. And if I'm away, the place falls apart. So what do I do about that? At that exact same time, I got a call, our first call for potential acquisition. And again, I had to call my brother. And then I started to Google what makes a clinic worth buying. And again, it came down to is the founder still heavily involved? Are there systems in place for that founder to step away? And it still isn't a business that entity on its own. And the answer to both of those questions of how do we grow when I'm not in the building? And does this place, can this place grow without Trish Williams at the helm was no. It was the Trish show. So this was the time for me to really double down and help grow my OT business as a CEO, to go from working in the business to working on the business. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with that quote, it is from Michael Gerber in his book, The E-Myth. And I encourage you to run out and buy that book. It was really eye-opening to me. So I decided to start chipping away at how to move away from seeing kids and growing the company as a clinician to acting and solving problems like a CEO. And that's really where our clinic took off. We, you know, scaled and quickly grew in revenue and, you know, things were back on track in terms of growth. And that is the nucleus of where I come from in wanting to help other OT entrepreneurs. I had done it informally for speech therapists and psychologist friends that I knew and massage therapists. And I have a best friend who you'll hear from later in another episode. She's a guest who we talked as business besties all the time to try to solve business problems. And it's time for us to learn from each other. Those of you who have attended or are familiar with the OT Entrepreneur Summit, that was really one of the nuclei for that. Hashtag OTs learning from OTs. Hashtag we love you physios, but it's our time. For those of you who are not familiar with the OT Entrepreneur Summit, please go to the website, www.otentrepreneursummit.com, to get on the wait list to be alerted for our next launch, which is coming May 2021. We will be having another OT Entrepreneur Summit. I'll talk more about that later. But if you're curious, please go where we peel back the layers. We like, you know, pull the curtain back to show the secrets of successful OT entrepreneurs and how you too can get there. I hope that story gives you a little bit more insight into who I am, why I am here, and how this podcast can possibly help you and what I am now dedicating my life to Growing and helping OT entrepreneurs scale their business. I truly cannot tell you how excited I am to have you on this journey with me. And I want you to keep up with this content. I want you to talk about this content with others. I want you to go to our Instagram page. I want you to go to the OTs Get Paid Facebook page. I want to hear from you how this content resonated with you and what else you would like to see. This podcast is for you. This podcast is for those that are out there that want to grow their business. And really, let's like not be around the bush people that want to get paid well for it. I've had so many OT clients tell me in secret how they want to make more money and they're embarrassed to bring it up and they're, you know, they feel safe telling me that. It's time that we talked about that more. If you liked this podcast, I'm also going to encourage you to please hit the subscribe button and please leave a review. That's a lot of call to action. So I don't actually do what I just did. Don't give your audience like five call to actions. (laughs) I'll teach you that in another episode. Subscribe, leave a review so that other people can see it. And I hope you all have the most wonderful day. This has been OTs Get Paid, recorded live in Studio C. That's Studio Closet. I'm Trish Williams. If you have feedback on today's episode, send us a DM on IG at OTsGetPaid or join our Facebook group at OTsGetPaid. We would really love to hear from you. We'd also love it if you could subscribe and write a review for the podcast. Each month, I'll pick a random review for a shout out to get your name and business on the air. Until next time.